once more with commentary, our Buffy fan cast. I'm Ginny. And I'm Allie. Who's, who's dying, probably. Well, I'm not um, dying, but I, if you wondered who this man is that showed up today, that's me. Still me. No new host. It's just Allie with a cold. Yeah. Or threatening cold. Threat, something threatening to become a cold? It's, like oh, that. it's been a cold. It's been like a week. Mm. So it's, it's full-blown. Um, I've, it got to the point where I've actually been taking cold medicine, which, I mean, I talked about it last time, like that's not something I'm comfortable with, (laughs) but (laughs) sometimes that's how you get through the work day. (laughs) Um, Um, yeah. So this week we're watching Never Kill a Boy on the First Date and then episode number escaped me, which is why I paused there. uh, Let's see. I think number five, right? Yeah. Five. Okay. Uh, and then also The Pack, which is an episode that I really love. (laughs) Number six. Number six, man. Um, That's like, it took them five episodes to get, like, a classic. Yeah, it is pretty classic. Um, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date is one that I always forget about. Me too. And then I'm like, oh, right. I don't don't dislike it. It's just really, I guess, forgettable. (laughs) Well, it's funny because it's, like, the first time in, you know, a couple episodes where they get back to kind of the vampire stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's utterly forgettable. Like, I always forget that this is an episode that exists. Yeah. I always forget about Owen. I always forget about, like, <laughs> pretty much the entire plot of this. Which is so funny because, like, at the end of this episode, we have the anointed one yeah. who is, well, not, like, major, but, like, a minor sort of major. character in the ongoing plot of this season. But such an, un- like, yeah, an unmemorable, like, yeah. introduction, basically. Yeah, that is funny. Because, like, he's barely in the episode, which I think is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. He was just um, kind of, like, a note at the end. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I still, like, what is the point of the anointed? <laughs> I don't think I've ever really understood his role. Of the anointed like, the one? still the villain. Uh, yeah. The anointed um, is just, like, going like, to, quote-unquote, help him somehow. Well, he's, but he so never really does anything. He's part of the prophecy, right? Where he's like, and the anointed one, the slayer will not know him and he will lead her into hell. Like, mm-hmm. essentially, his entire role is like a delivery system. Like, he's going to lead the slayer to the he's master. Just, he's the bait. Yeah, essentially. Is that how she goes down there, Mitch? I don't remember. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. But <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait. Mm, wait till we get there. When is that going to happen? Um, certainly not in the finale. Um, no, no, I don't think so. But. So, I mean, he's really this minor role. I mean, it, I don't know why. I think just because maybe Joss Whedon wanted to be like, hey, what happens if we have a kid I vampire? Kid. <laughs> Is he a vampire? I would assume they made him a vampire. Mm, Otherwise, like, how are they feeding him? Like, he's a child. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I mean, they could go get takeout for him or something. No, but he's, like, he's also not scared. He's very calm. Like, he's very he obviously yeah. been turned. Yeah, that's a, okay. See, I think I always thought he was just a... A terrible child. <laughs> no, because <laughs> didn't he was care such a about anything, or was terrible even in the beginning of this. Before he got turned, before they found him in the bus. No, because he was the cute little kid who was like, "I went on an airplane." Mm, I thought it was an act. I don't, I don't know. trust him, but I'm pretty sure he's a vampire. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, like, how do they? That I just feel like that would go. No, like, you're right, but they don't ever let him vamp face. That would have been cool. Maybe, Maybe it, I just they also, like, barely let him on screen, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. It's, like, as much time as it probably takes, like, to put that vampire makeup on just, like, totally eats into your availability of, like, the kid, a right? Like, actor. he's got to yeah. be in school and he's, like, got his yeah, makeup on, point. so probably that's why I'm guessing for, like, mm. logistical reasons, but you're right, like, he never does, so it is an open question, but okay. you know what? No, actually. I'm going to hunt for clues. I've, no, he oh. is definitely a vampire. <laughs> Because that question gets answered in season two. Okay, okay. I I'm remember, remembering I, that 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 question is like okay. finally answered in season mm. two. But as of right now, we'll just go with yes. He's, he's just a troublesome child. No, he's a vampire. Okay. Well, I'm gonna think of him as a troublesome child. <laughs> this is more fun for me. Okay. Um, I mean, demonic children terrify the hell out of me, so I yeah, would really exactly. prefer to not think of him as just a child who's evil. Like, the fact that he's been bitten <laughs> by a vampire and turned into one is a much easier pill for me to swallow. <laughs> I think I just also don't think he's that cute of a kid, so I'm like, eh, whatever, he's just evil. No. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's supposed to be a He cute, is cute. But, yeah. Um, I also wonder hmm. what he's doing now, like... His, like, biggest... I meant to look him up, but, like, his biggest claim to fame, possibly, unless he's, like, some other actor that I've heard of now and just 
were associated with him. him. But, like, his biggest claim to fame is, like, when he was, like, eight years old, he was the anointed one on Buffy. (laughs) Speaking of that, like, I really... So, Owen, the boy... Owen. The so, titu- yeah, do you want to do a little Yeah, recap? so the titular boy in this episode. We'll, mm-hmm. um, we'll get back to that. So, uh, this episode is called Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, which mm-hmm. I do love this episode like title. title. Yeah. It is grossly misleading because he doesn't, he doesn't actually die. get killed. Was, I mean, there yeah, is that second where she thinks he did, but um, basically Buffy decides that she wants to be a normal teenager again mm-hmm. this is like kind of echoes of like every, every episode yeah. i know like this is kind of echoes of like the cheerleading plot mm-hmm. but she wants to be a normal teenager uh as she wanted as she says she wants to live out her post pubescent fantasies um <laughs> which like i'm sorry but who talks like that at 16 but anyway um so she wants to date and she likes this boy owen mm-hmm. who, everybody likes this boy everybody owen. cordelia likes him too and um, even willow is, admits his like swooniness yes because he's like brooding and quiet and shocker <laughs> that buffy's going for that but i know <laughs> um, as willow says he can brood for 40 minutes straight <laughs> yeah well i think angel's got him beat angel can brood for 200 years he so does. he does owen's um, got nothing on angel yeah. um so Buffy wants to date Owen and, you know, they kind of dance around like her slang gets in the way a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, she's got this big date with Owen and Giles decides, yes, the Slayer can have a night off and Buffy can go on a date. Unfortunately, it coincides with this prophecy of the anointed one rising <laughs> out of the rise. rising out of the ashes mm-hmm. of like five dead people. So mm-hmm. Buffy and Giles go to the cemetery and there are no fresh graves there, mm-hmm. let alone five. There's not even one. Um and so Giles is like, well, I guess I was wrong. And so Buffy goes off to the bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's, like, drama with Cordelia, as always. There's of drama course. with Cordelia. But they, um, she and Owen ended up going on a date. But, of course, Slayer duty calls. And um, Xander and Willow show up at their date mm-hmm. claiming to be on a double date, which is just... Mm-hmm. Willow's, like, thrilled, and it's all kinds of awkward for everyone else. Um, They're pretty quick-witted, though. They were, and it's a good cover story. And then they Mm -hmm. decide that they're going to go on a double date to the funeral home because (laughs) Buffy needs to go there. And she tries to ditch Owen, but Owen's, like, not having any of that. He's, like, all in. he's so deep and creepy. Right, he's, like, ready for some fun. So Mm -hmm. he wants to go to the funeral home. Um, Angel shows up briefly to, like, get jealous yeah um and to show how much better he is at brooding i really was like as soon as he showed up i was like oh that's right owen you're garbage there is this great scene where like buffy and owen are kind of arguing about whether he's gonna go and angel's like kind of framed in the background like just looking really (laughs) sulky um so they go to the funeral home and um so these victims of this bus crash that has happened because the master's vampires have like well, they've caused this bus to crash, and they've mm-hmm. attacked the people on the bus, um, including this small child, and then also this who I th- zealot, I, this religious zealot, Christian but also he zealot, kind of looked maybe? like he was just home from the army, so it was like mm-hmm. really unclear what he was no, supposed to well, be. No, they, they, he was a murderer. Okay, I think he just got out of prison because Giles finds it like he's explaining it when he finds the newspaper article about how five people died in a bus crash, and then he like when he realizes like it's. The five people, and that means the the prophecy's coming true, but it says that one of the guys was a murderer. Okay. Well, this murderer guy, Mm -hmm. slash zealot, um, he ends up rising in the funeral home, and Mm -hmm. they think, of course, that he's the anointed anointed, one because he's the perfect candidate. He was evil as a human, which to me seems like a gross oversight on their part. Like, they know that, like, it doesn't matter what you were as a human. Like, it's the vampire that's important. So I don't know. No, it, yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Um... But um, Xander and Willow and Owen are all hiding in the office of the funeral director, which has a <laughs> front row seat to the um, to the morgue where Owen is, or not Owen, this guy is rising, and he's like spouting super creepy like preaching sayings and like mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Like obviously he thinks that he's risen as some kind of powerful creature because he's been judged worthy, mm-hmm. um, and so Buffy has to come in and save the day. She has them in the crematorium. Yeah, and she cremates the vampire, which mm-hmm. is a very cool way that she kills yeah. a vampire. Um, and then so they all think they've caught the anointed one. Um, turns out, nope, at the end we find out it's the little boy, actually, right. because the Slayer will not know him. That was the prophecy. That is the prophecy. Um, it seemed like they were reading different prophecies, too. Yeah. and Giles so had different information to work with. I 
think they were operating on the same one, but like maybe maybe they do have different versions. I don't know. Like there's the mm. vampire true version, and then what the watchers have been able to <laughs> glean. Watch. I don't know. I mean, yeah, how do you yeah. how do you? Um, I don't like. Are there monks somewhere like transcribing vampire prophecies? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, that's a good question. Well, I mean, um, they would have to be vampires, and they wouldn't want to. So. I don't think you can be a monk if you're a vampire and then you like burst into flame. Um, <laughs> but I, yes, I just mean a vampire would be the one transcribing those notes and they wouldn't give it to the Watcher's Council. Right. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know how the Watchers find out any of this stuff. It's a great point. Subterfuge. Um, they must yeah. have a spy department. Probably. Or like the Slayers do it. Well, I, I guess the enforcement. Yeah. I mean, like an unanswered question that I really have. I mean, um, there's a part in season three where Faith, you know, is beating up demons to get important books, so. I suppose that's true. Anybody could do it. Anybody with some strength and doesn't have to be the Slayer, but I think okay. in general. Yeah, well, people are. Regardless, raging. there are maybe two versions of this prophecy and they both come true, um, at least to the part where the Slayer doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but Buffy's mostly pumped because she thinks her dating life is over. Um, <laughs> but it turns out Owen got a taste for danger and loves it. He wants yeah. to go, like, hang out in the cemetery and do whatever. And Buffy's kind of like, I can't date a boy with a death wish because he yeah. will get killed. He'll so definitely die, yeah. She's got to cut him loose, and mm-hmm. she learns an important lesson. And she also apologizes <laughs> to Giles for sending him out on his own to, like to do the slaying and it's so clear in this episode why watchers don't slay because well see that's funny because that's not really that's the opposite of the reaction that i had no because giles just like walks in up to the funeral home and it's like a vampire is way out front like already waiting that's true and like giles is just like oh dear (laughs) but i guess even at this point you know where they're kind of like i think this show is still kind of designing what Giles' backstory is going to be and how competent he is. But, like, I think even in this one, he's, like, he's brave and he's resourceful. Like, he did get caught in a stupid situation, but, like, once they start chasing him, he's not Wesley. That's true. You know, he, like, he, Who's he Wesley? He what are you talking about? He things he can. He boards the doors. He finds a place to hide. On top of a corpse. On a dead body oh in God. the morgue. Yeah. Which is disgusting. I mean, in Sunnydale, that seems like a really dangerous thing to do. Like, you could be laying on top of a corpse, and it might just decide to rise. That's true. I See, I was under the impression that they kind of kept track of who was dying, and if it was suspicious. I don't know. Like, he would know that that wasn't a vampire. I mean, is that how they're scoping out the fresh graves? Like, they don't just pick a random fresh grave. They, they like, look up the obituary and see, like, animal attack or something? I think, I feel like they do do that. Okay. I mean, not to say that they never miss anything, but, like, I think that they are a little bit strategic yeah I'm making that up I think they do maybe I mean back going back to the that kind of whole thing where they're like kind of doing their homework and stuff Mm -hmm. like and you you were talking about like the two prophecies Mm -hmm. I do really love that scene with the master and his books because it's like the master Giles like consulting his books (laughs) like like (laughs) what's going to happen like let's look it up I really like that so I want you to I want to talk about Owen (laughs) Okay. And um, whether or not you think well, he's dreamy and whether or not you would have thought he was dreamy. Okay, well, the other 15. thing I want to talk about Owen, too, what I was saying before I did the recap is, like, I also had to look up this actor because oh, I've never I was like, does he look familiar because I've seen this episode so many times mm-hmm. or has he been in a bunch of other things? And I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Although I looked up his IMDb page mm-hmm. and I forget his name, but he was definitely <laughs> in like an episode of Charmed. Oh, he's been in yeah. like a bunch of shows. So I'm like, probably he's done his WB tour and like looks like he's done maybe some USA shows. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen him in anything. Apparently he had a, like a six episode run on Switched at Birth, which I've watched. <laughs> which I've, I've watched. watched I've watched enough of it that I wonder like, have I seen him on that? And that's why. But I really didn't care to look it up more than that. Interesting. Um, but I, I, okay. So aside from the fact that Owen looks way too old to oh, be in course. high school, he looks older than Angel. <laughs> I mean, he really does. I mean, I guess, but like. I don't know. Just, they really play up his, like, he's he just Emily Dickinson, and he references Soylent Green, and he's so broody, but, like, he was so insufferable. I did not enjoy him. I mean, he I also enjoy him was like he's in danger all the time, but... Attractive in a really boring way. Yeah. Ugh, he's so, so boring. And he's also just, like, honestly, I don't even buy his broody shtick, because, like, he totally hangs out with Cordelia, and he's like, oh, I just, like, you know... He, like, tries to play it off like he really didn't want to be there. But, like, I don't think he hangs there, out with Cordelia. He can't go to the bronze. No, he went like, to the bronze because he and Buffy were maybe going to meet up. And then Cordelia, enough, like, 
like mm-hmm. dragged him and like he seems too it. too polite to like disengage. I'm just saying I'm just saying he's like every boy I don't know. He's just like, oh no, I'm so sensitive. But also this hopper wants to dance with me, so I'll just do that. Also like Buffy isn't you know, she's very conventional in to the outsider's eyes. You know what? I did not um I did not love the way that this whole dating plotline kind of had Buffy devolve into like, yeah. does this outfit make me look fat? Or like, she was really catty. Like she was like, boy, Cordelia's hips are wider than I thought. Like, yeah. that's not normally Buffy. And also mm. like this whole, like she turned into this like girl. Like, yeah. of course she's a girl, but like Buffy's usually. She's not so silly. Right, she just basically turned into, like, Cordelia. Well, and actually, that was actually that was definitely the moment where I was like, all right, Owen, you're a piece of shit, because he, when they're talking, when they finally get to go on their date, and he's like, you're so different, you're not like other girls. Girls are so frivolous. And I was like, all right, you asshole. <laughs> like, just because girls are, like, some girls like things that you're not interested in doesn't make all women frivolous. Like, you're just too busy trying to promote this, like, vision you have of yourself as an Emily Dickinson reader to, like, Ugh. Owen, Owen is not. I mean, it's they almost kind of write Owen in the way that you kind of wish he was killed on the first yeah, date. Yeah, I would have really loved that. Yeah, but I think also you know, then when you get to the end and it's like he's just after excitement and danger. Like all of this is just a big pose. He's not. He's not actually deep and broody like Angel. He's just faking. Yeah, um, I will say that. Like I was not like a huge fan of obviously the, like the way this dating plotline kind of mm-hmm. took over, but I did find it pretty funny. <laughs> Wait, like which parts? Well, like, because, like, it just kind of, like, I don't know. Like, I love that where Willow and Buffy are talking about, like, something to do with Owen, and Giles is, like, concerned, and he's like, what are you talking about? And they're oh. like, boys. boys. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like the, like, attitude behind that, but I also found that, like, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I, I also... Yeah. This, I feel like this episode had a lot of interesting Giles moments. And as much as he's not the focus on it, because he's not the boy who's going to maybe get killed on the first date, like, there's a lot of development of their relationship. And yes. there's also a scene where he, like, is actively dissuading Buffy from learning. I think it's when she wants Emily Dickinson, and he's like, you don't have time for this, or something like that. I was like, Giles, you're the librarian. Yeah, he's, like, shocked that she even wants to check out a book. Yeah, he, like, doesn't want kids in there that really want to read the books. Yeah. No, but their relationship, I do really like it, like, the arc in this episode, because, like, you know, Giles starts the episode critical of her, mm-hmm. that she's, she's not being sloppy, not right. she's yeah. not, yeah, she's slaying, but she's not doing it right, mm-hmm. and then he kind of ends on a really nice note, like, he's begrudgingly complimenting her slaying, like, you know, right. he's starting to recognize that, you know, he's been given maybe an unconventional slayer, but mm-hmm. maybe that's a good thing. Exactly. Um, and yeah. that she shows herself to be very capable yeah. of not only and killing... Does. yeah. Right, but not only killing this vampire, but, like, keeping her friends safe, too. Mm-hmm. And um, making it the tough decision, which is, it's bad enough that Willow and Xander are already wrapped in this. I can't just let anybody... Exactly. ...do this. Even though, again, it's, like, laughable how bad they are keeping her being the Slayer a secret. Oh, my God. Okay, so that is my favorite line of this entire episode. (laughs) When Xander, like, just kind of yells out, like, how did the slaying go? And then he, like, looks at her. He's like, I mean, how did the laying go? (laughs) No, I don't mean that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's not a good cover. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Also, like, Xander and Willow in this episode are... They're super charming. But they also, like, I noticed, like, okay, they're really, like, they show up with, like, their juice boxes and they're, like, mm-hmm. juice bottles. Like, are they Buffy's kids? <laughs> and she's, like, babysitting. Like, they're so childish. Wait, when did they have juice bottles? They, like, show up at some point, like, in the episode. I don't remember when, but, like, Xander has, like, a juice box and Willow's got one of those, like, Kool-Aid bottle oh, things. Oh, funny. <laughs> She's, well, like, like, at lunch when they're supposed to be eating juice, drinking juice. No, it wasn't like in the lunch scene. The they just, home. like, walked okay. down the stairs with, like, snacks or something. It's, like, I don't know. Hmm. She's, no, like, I was a wonder. And then, like, in the next episode, Willow's, like, eating raisins. Like, she's always eating raisins at the bronze. It's really weird. <laughs> I've never noticed her doing that before. <laughs> like, in the pilot, she, Buffy shows up and Willow's sitting at the bar, like, eating a box of raisins. That's weird. And then yeah. in this next episode, like, she's doing that as well. And I'm like, I guess the bronze, like, sells boxes of raisins. <laughs> she just packs them with her. I mean, I know that's what I find at the club all the time. Yeah. Like boxes of raisins. I hate raisins, so it doesn't make me like Willow less. 
I'm just kidding. I love Willow. Yeah. Um, we do learn um, in this episode, though, that watching is open to all genders, which is lovely to learn. Oh, because his mom or his grandma or somebody was. Mom. Yeah. 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 Mm, Charles' grandma true. was a watcher. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like that also, too, is a like, I, I really don't think they had Charles' backstory figured out at this point, but they are starting to kind of like, well, maybe he didn't want to be a stuffy watcher. Maybe he actually wanted to rebel in some way and kind of laying the groundwork for that. Obviously, um, he's not. He wanted to rebel by being a grocer. I know, but (laughs) this is what I'm saying. Work with me. (laughs) They're sowing the seeds. Yes. For what, you know, what, what his backstory, how his backstory will develop. Yeah. Um, I also just really like the, yeah, the final scene between them and thinking forward, you know, flashing forward a season to like how much bigger the sacrifices that Buffy's going to have to make just get every season or really every episode. It's like. Right now, she's like, okay, I can't date this boy who is kind of hot and into me, but, like, you know, later she's going to have to make some bigger calls um, and maybe face death a few times. Um, yeah. But, like, also, is she into him because of him, or is it because he's, like, showing interest in her? Like, this is mm, kind no, of she was genuinely that. surprised that he even knew who she was. Yeah, but, like, it went from, like, oh, you know who I am to, like, I immediately like this boy. <laughs> I, I see. I thought they painted it like everybody liked that boy. Okay. She seemed to have been, t- had taken note of him already. Okay. Um, I do want to remark upon a couple of the outfits or yes. some things. Uh, in particular, the thing, <laughs> I know I would have wanted to wear this, but would have never done it. Um, she, at one point, Buffy, being the she, is wearing a, like, satin crop top with, like, a tie-dye, like, white tie-dye on the front. Ugh, I would have loved that. I think there was definitely a minute where, like, form-fitted, satiny, shiny shirts were were real big. Yes, and it was 1997. <laughs> yep. Well, I was too young to wear a crop top then, but I really would have wanted to. I yeah. still sort of want to. I want to point out that I loved Buffy's tiger print fur hoodie that she wore <laughs> in the graveyard. Tiger print fur hoodie, <laughs> Yeah. I want to sit in that on my couch all the time. (laughs) Cordelia rocks her crimped hair. I made a note of that too. too I like it. But whatever. It looked okay. There was a moment, I think, around late 90s where like crimped hair kind of made a brief Mm -hmm. comeback. comeback. Yeah. Did you have a crimper? No, I didn't. Oh, we did. We still have it, I think. (laughs) It's from like 1989. Well, next time I come for Christmas, I know what we're doing. Okay, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it's in my bathroom of the parents' house. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, that's kind of that's kind of that episode. I do like that they kept the master in the background, although I, you know, I think in retrospect, I really love the master as a villain, but I don't care about, I don't care about the, like, weird prophecies that they set up. Yeah, it's... I mean, okay, first of all, the Master has been trapped underground for 60 years, we've established Mm -hmm. at this point. So however many hundred years ago someone wrote a prophecy about it, like, this is weird that there's a prophecy that exists about this, like, whoopsie accident, like the Master got trapped in an earthquake, like, underground or something. (laughs) I mean, I know it has to do with the Hellmouth, so maybe that's part of it, but... True, true. It seems like a really unimportant thing like it's like someone writing a prophecy about like i mean if you think about like how long 60 years actually is for a vampire Mm -hmm. it's like nothing so someone wrote a prophecy about this like blip on the radar of his life okay Mm. i mean it seems kind of low stakes to me but yeah um well you know he's supposed to kill the slayer but i guess all the slayers die so that's not really we don't jenny we don't know that he's supposed to kill the slayer what are you talking oh sorry (laughs) wow Spoilers, spoilers. We've been spoiling stuff before. Whatever. I did hedge some stuff a few minutes ago, but some of the potential sacrifices it Buffy's going to have to make. Kind of hard. I have to say, going through this and rewatching, like forgetting what we know at this point and what we mm-hmm. don't, because I know everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know everything. It's kind I don't of know hard. Yeah. Um. Shoot, I had one more thought about this one. Oh, I'm curious. I meant to look this up and I didn't get a chance to, but, um, you know, when I was watching some of the, like, behind the scenes on the DVD and just reading trivia on IMDb, um, it, it sounds like the first season they filmed a lot of the cemetery scenes in a real cemetery. I think maybe even the whole first season. I'm curious about that funeral home, if that was a real funeral home. It seems like quite an elaborate set to build. It probably was. I think it was. A, yeah. How creepy. Because, like, you can't... I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but... I'm assuming those weren't real dead bodies. Though. No, I don't think they used real dead bodies. 
I think you can like sign away your body to science, but I'm not sure you can sign it away as a prop. No, I would do that though. We could look into that. It's um, such a like a short shelf life of like usable props, though. <laughs> it won't add anything to the scene because no. no one will be able to tell. But you know. Um, all right. Well, I think we should move along to the pack, which who okay? I, like I just wonder as much now as I ever did. I want to read something because remember how I talked about. Um, Is it poetry? No. It's not, oh, is boy. it Emily Dickinson? No. So okay. remember how I talked about in, I have this DVD box set of, oh, um, yeah. of the, of the, the seasons. Mm-hmm. It's like the 10 year anniversary. And there's a, li- there's a top 10 list in here for Joss Whedon's favorite episodes, but he didn't want to be self-serving and do the favorite episodes All because months. he felt like a lot of them would be the ones that like he wrote and mm-hmm. he felt like that's kind of like a dick move. Yeah. So he did all the, his top 10 of the ones that like he wasn't like a part involved of. Involved in, okay. And the first one on the list is the pack. Interesting. Um, Cause I think they start by like seasons. It's like chronological. Oh, he's not ranking them in order you mean? Right. Okay. And so um, the first one is the pack, which okay. is season one, episode six. Mm-hmm. And what he says is, he says, my God, did we realize how dark we could go with this yes. one? Yes. This and it took us. This is all my reaction to this Right. One. And it took us months to figure out that the episode wouldn't work unless one of ours was infected as well. Mm-hmm. One of the most valuable lessons for the rest of the show. Interesting. So I think he's talking about this as, like, one of his favorites because, th- man, this episode is dark. But also, <laughs> yeah. like, it's a really good um, episode of, like, how this could work going forward. Like, mm-hmm. when you have these crazy off-the-wall things, like, it has to be grounded in this metaphor. And the mm-hmm. metaphor doesn't work unless one of them is, is infected. And, yeah. and choosing it to be Xander is yeah. wildly effective. <laughs> so It's funny. It's so funny that you say that, too, though, because the other thing that I kept thinking or was really thinking when, that, when I finished watching this episode is that, like, it's really... I'm setting the stage basically for everything that's going to ever happen with Angel and Spike. Yes. Of like, oh, here is like, you know, I guess, um, here's, here's Xander doing terrible things under the assumption that he had no control over himself while he was doing these things. But like, how true is that? And how true isn't that? And then like how quickly they kind of decide or don't, or decide not to forgive him or decide to forgive him. I just thought that was very interesting. Cause like, basically it seems like by the end of the episode, everyone's like, cool Xander, see you tomorrow at school. And not like well, you bullied your best friend and tried to sexually assault your other friend and did a bunch of other horrible things in the middle. But he didn't kill anyone. Well, so. is that? Okay. Well, yeah. I'm, um, I'm going to keep this episode in my mind for future Angel and Spike discussions where I feel like some characters get unfairly maligned. I mean, I'm agreeing with you that, like, this is a good, like, this is a good learning like for all of them of, like, you know, when these mm-hmm. things happen, they're not really held responsible for their actions. Um, but before we get into that, do yeah. you want to do, do a, a recap? recap. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this episode opens, uh, their class is doing a field trip to the zoo. Um, we see a pack of bullies, uh, pick on some little nerd kid, and, uh, the leader of that gang is the kid who plays Jim from Center Stage. The yes, okay. The boyfriend. Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, also male escort in one episode of 30 Rock. Uh, also, maybe people might know him as Pinocchio in Once Upon a Time. Yes, but I don't watch that show, so I don't. <laughs> so why did I say yes to that? I don't know. I'm just agreeing with you. Um. Anyway, yeah, so uh, Jim from Center Stage, a.k.a. Kyle, I think, is... I mean, that's his most important reference. He shall be referred to as Center Stage Boy (laughs) from... Center Stage. Anyway, so they're at the zoo. These kids are picking on a kid. They break into the hyena exhibit, which is often, like, clearly marked, and all these signs say, don't go in here, and there's caution tape or whatever, but they go in there anyway, him and his little gang of, like, four students. Um, they start picking on this kid and, uh, Xander goes in to try and help him out and we see, you know, through some real cool special effects that they have somehow gotten affected by the hyena. They put their eyes like all flash yellow and they all make a little snarl, including Xander does like a real creepy turn around slowly and like smirk maliciously at the camera. Um, so from then, from then on the rest of the episode, you know, Xander starts behaving pretty weirdly, like he's sniffing Buffy's hair and he's walking with a, a little more maybe swagger than he normally has and is just generally being weird. He starts kind of laughing when people are made fun of the way that in a way that he normally wouldn't have. And um, 
he starts being mean to Willow. Um, so when Buffy points all of these things out to Giles, as like, what's wrong with Xander? He's like, he's just going through puberty. He's just a boy. Uh, but of course, they live on the Hellmouth, and so that's not true. Um, so things quickly devolve. Uh, him and the gang eat a, the school mascot, which is a little tiny pig, and it's very sad. Um, and then further, the rest of the gang, uh, while Buffy is, uh, is distracting Xander, eat the school principal, Principal oh Flutie, um, while Xander is trying to convince Buffy, you know, to sleep with him or to date him or who knows what. Um, I don't think he's trying to convince her. He's trying enough. to he's her. force the issue. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, even I'm like skipping over it because like he's a good character. Um, but yeah, so uh, eventually they realize it's because of the hyenas and they try and coordinate with the zookeeper or the, at least the hyena keeper to like, okay, here's how we're going to corral the students back here and we're going to put these spirits back into the hyenas instead of in the students. But then, twist, it turns out that the zookeeper was actually trying to get that that possession to work on him instead of on the students. And so he betrays them all, and it all almost falls apart, but then eventually they, you know, save the day, as they always do. Um, well, Principal Flutie is still notably dead at the end of the episode. That, so that is... That's a big reason why this episode is super dark. Agreed, like, yeah. They, it's like, they don't come close to killing the principal, like... They kill the they principal kill and, and eat him. Eat him, yeah, like, like alive. Like Giles walks into the library because they, you know, they call a staff meeting mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, they attacked the principal and they're like, is he okay? And Giles yeah. just like stunned they and he's like, him. they ate him. Oh man! I mean, it's just like, I mean, and the only good thing about Xander is that he was not a part of that. Like, yeah, they, thank he, God they definitely had to, you know. Show-wise, you can't have, I think, one of your main heroes eat a principal and then just be cool later. Right, well, and the other thing, too, is, like, it's established at the end that, like, Xander remembers yeah, everything he remembers that happened. Exactly, yeah. So, like, those other kids, like, oh, my God, like, I know they're What's jerks. Like, I mean, yeah, like, they... like, okay, these kids are, like, cartoonishly mean, mm-hmm. but, like, I mean, it was a little over the top, but, like, <laughs> can you imagine the trauma of waking no. up some, from some kind of, like, hypnosis state Ugh, and, like, you terrible. ate your principal? Yikes, <laughs> I mean, yikes, yikes. Oh, God. Ugh. I mean. But, I, yeah, but there were just so many cool scenes in this episode, even though, like, yeah, like you're saying, the bullies are a little bit over the top. But um, I really liked the dodgeball scene. I think I mostly liked it because it just reminded me of Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> it was so but vicious it, it and creepy. Really, like, when they all, like... Buffy's the only one left on her side, and it's, like, the pack. Mm-hmm. And then the the boy that they're, like, picking on, and when mm-hmm. they all, like, turn and start just, like, turn throwing the balls yeah. on him. Even though oh he's on their God. team. And the coach is, like, just oblivious, obviously. She's like, <laughs> God, this it. game is brutal. I yeah. love it. And I was like, I wonder if, like, the writers of Dodgeball saw this episode and were like, there's a movie here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I'm... I think the thing that I, I can't remember if they talk about this, you know, because in Buffy, it's not like they pretend all these other these things. It's not like the, the slate doesn't get wiped clean between every episode, right? I don't remember no. how much they really address this particular episode, though, in the future, because I really feel like Willow and Xander, like, she really lets him off way too easily because he says all kinds of horrible things to her. And also, it's not even that he, you know, in this way that, like, maybe he's not in control of his actions, but he is clearly responding to, like, how he feels about people. And the fact that he thinks, like, she's one of the weak ones that he can prey on is, like, that's so offensive, you know? I don't know how... I'm, I don't know how she gets past it, frankly. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because, like, obviously this metaphor they're trying to set up here mm-hmm. is, like, sometimes your friends change and right. start hanging out with new people and they don't always change for the better. And, mm-hmm. like, how do you deal with that? But also, I mean... If you look at, like, the actual events here, why does hyena possession turn you into, like, a massive asshole? Like, what is it about the hyena like, disposition that makes you, like, <laughs> well, we incredibly all know that mean? We are assholes, Allie. I thought you were on that page. You didn't I, get well, that lesson in high school? No, I mean, I thought they were, like, scavengers and, you know, like, maybe they like to hang out with the bad lions. Yeah. That's what I've learned. But <laughs> Yes, they were Sadly, they didn't sing a single time in this episode. <laughs> I know. Um, um, but, like, but, it's an interesting thing. It's, like... Why hyenas? Why this? And I mean, because like you're right, like like they do mentality of like because they're the ones that he's in a pack with, he's doing what they do, and they're all in solidarity with one another, kind of no matter what happens. I guess, but if anything, Xander appears to be the alpha. Like he's the alpha, which is super weird. So why is he following their lead? Like that's what I don't I don't get. But also like 
you're right. The stuff he says to Willow is so mean. And like, if I were her, I wouldn't, I mean, maybe it's easier to just chalk it up to this possession, but like, mm-hmm. where, where is this stuff coming from? Like, it's, it's like his control yeah. is like gone, but like those feelings exist somewhere. I don't well, know. Right, because because like, it's more than, he's not just, it's not just, oh, he's attracted to Buffy and he's not attracted to Willow. It's that he doesn't attack Buffy because she's strong and powerful and, but like in attitude as well as like Slayer strength. Right. And it's like, he does attack Willow because she, he thinks that she is weak. Ah. But They've the way he attacks her is, like, <laughs> but it's, like, the way he does it, like, the stuff that he says mm-hmm. is, like, very personal. And then also, like, the way he doesn't attack Buffy, like, he does eventually kind of attack her, but, like, in a way of, like, he's finally venting his frustrations of, like, mm-hmm. I like her and she doesn't mm-hmm. notice me, kind mm-hmm. of. And, yeah, they do let him off incredibly easy. Yeah. Um, Especially because, again, like, he and Willow have been friends this whole time. Like, does he honestly not have any respect for her? <laughs> right, but also yes. maybe it's because maybe. I don't know. He pretends not to remember that they let him off the hook. Like maybe if he did remember, it would be a different story. And Giles is the only one who kind of figures out that right. he must remember. He but mm-hmm. Giles is a little bit like easy on him as well. But but you know, then well, it, it's I, like it's not yeah. his fault. He was possessed by hyenas. Well, right. So, so then I guess maybe the question is, you know, how much was this out of his control? I mean, I guess yeah. in a way we go. I mean, we go. Willow is weaker than Buffy. You know, physically at least. So, yeah, I and I think know. we all have these like dark, mean thoughts in our in our minds at right. all times. That like, True. not at all times, but at certain times where like, you wouldn't ever say it. Like you all have these like, of course you have moments mm-hmm. where like you know your emotions go crazy or you. get the yeah. best of you, and like you know usually you're in self control enough to like not act on that. Mm-hmm. But he obviously wasn't. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, the mostly the hyena stuff was like the weird laughing and like, <laughs> and the hunting. I mean, and the but like, and the eating yeah, rare, rare meats. I do love when they were like dogs, dogs, dogs <laughs> and it's like hot dogs. Oh, um, yeah. I think uh, another thing that I liked about this, not even really that I liked, this is just like a rule in the Buffy universe is that if an adult is being helpful or supportive to Buffy, then they are definitely going to die in like the next. Absolutely, life. like Flutie. I really had. They have a little heart to heart where he's like oh, you know, I remember when adults were telling me that, you know, things were better when they were young. So, like, he kind of just has this little really nice moment with her where he's just, you know, kind of being a, a guy and a relatable principal instead of, like, an author- authority figure. And then, ugh, poor guy. Yeah. Also, he had a picture of himself on his desk. He did. That was, a, I mean, I think it was, well, I don't really know why. They a little shot. I don't know why he had that there. A little bit bizarre. I guess just so that um, we wouldn't forget who was being eaten, but, like, we just saw him. Yeah. Um, so a couple other things with the hyenas, like that we see them, like you know, first of all they eat the pig, right? Mm-hmm. But like they look really clean after devouring a they raw do. pig, like and all that's left are the bones. Right. I don't Oof. look that neat after eating like anything, like and I've got like yeah. a, like a spoon, like that's, that's a great like point. yeah. Hmm. I mean they're very neat, and um, so I did make a note of that. But also, <laughs> there's one at one point where like the pack is like asleep in a like the grass somewhere like yeah and this woman like stumbles upon them which first of all i want to say this woman lives in sunny sunnydale okay don't turn in weird dark corners shouldn't she know not to walk at night with her baby Mm -hmm. like i feel like this should be like in the town literature like welcome to the town these are the things you don't do that's a great point because it wasn't even like she was on the sidewalk it's literally like a side path she's like hiking in the woods at night with her baby it's so weird Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, you see the hyenas kind of notice it, and, like, they're mm-hmm. kind of out of it. Um, when I say hyenas, but I mean the hyena-possessed <laughs> hyena people. teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but none of them look like teenagers. Let's just, they no, all look super not. old. Um, but, like, the drooling, like, it's just all a bit much. <laughs> and then, okay, and then also we see the first use of the library cage. Yes, to, like, I was literally contain just someone. But Specifically what I, for Willow to watch a dog creature. Yes, but okay, <laughs> related to that, those, like, the pack comes in and they, like, tear the cage apart, and if the cage is that oh, easy to tear apart, yeah. like, how does that, I shouldn't, like, yeah. I have questions about later well, no, seasons. Mm, yeah. Like, did they reinforce it? Like, I don't. Well, I don't okay, know. yes, probably. It's been destroyed once. They probably made it better. And I do think that he, Giles did make a point, not that, I mean, I think. The answer is that you're right. This doesn't make sense. But Giles does go out of his way to explain that, like, even Buffy is going to have a hard time taking on all four of them at once. True. And they um, also do just, like, punch glass windows a couple times. 
Okay, so. so when they break into the library, mm-hmm. super creepy. Also, mm-hmm. that library, way too easy to access. Mm-hmm. Just If that's your home base, like, fortify that. Yeah. But, no, that like, was a really creepy scene. When they all show up at the windows. Um, mm-hmm. Ugh. I didn't like the calling of the names. That was very creepy. Joey. Joey. Was that supposed to, do you think that kid was supposed to be somebody specific or they were just a random family? No, I think they were just a random family. Okay. Um, also, I am certain that in, um, like, one of the early scenes when Xander's walking along with his new gang, uh, there's, like, a slow-mo shot of them walking menacingly yes. down, like, down the hallway. It's definitely the same music that they used in, like, the first or second episode when Darla is doing the same thing at the Brahms. Like, she's leading a pack of vampires in. I gotta look up what song it is. Because Was it the same? Because I actually made a note that I really loved the music in these two episodes. I did like it. I do like yeah. it. But it's definitely like, the that same scene one. Well, was great. I say that, but out of my memory, it's the same one. Like, I really liked that scene, and I liked the music in the scene in the last episode when Buffy sees Xander, I mean, not Xander, Owen and Cordelia dancing at the bronze. Mm-hmm. I oh, just you mean, like, the, the music... bronze band? Yeah, the like, I feel like the music singer? choices in these two episodes yeah. were really good. Like, I don't know these songs, mm-hmm. but I was really into them. Oh, also, if you watch it with subtitles, though, the lyrics are, like, oh, like hit you over the head with, the, with what's going on in the scene. <laughs> like, and this is not what it is, but it's, like, Buffy's watching Willow and Cordelia dance. I'm sorry, Owen and Cordelia dance, and it's, like... I'm pining for you. Like, it's, like, yeah. really, like, on the nose. You're like, okay, well, this was, a, yes. this was a nice coincidence. Not coincidence. Okay, I'm not saying it's, like, super subtle music choices, <laughs> but I do really like them. Well, I don't think you really notice if you're not listening to it. Literally, it was because I was reading the words on the screen. Yeah. Um, I watched these episodes on, a, on an Amtrak train, so I had to put the subtitles on. I mean, oh, I okay. usually watch things with subtitles anyway, but... I try bad. not to because then I get in the habit of, like, really wanting the subtitles, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of... You know, mm-hmm. then when I watch things that don't have it, I get annoyed. So it's just mm-hmm. better if I rely on my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always playing that game of, like, the sound effects are really loud, but the, yeah. the, the dialogue is so quiet. And, like, you know, when we've got neighbors, it's like they used to complain sometimes when we turn stuff up too loud. So yeah. and I'm like, fine, I'll just read it. Um, <sighs> I do want to mention, though, so we were talking about how Xander is being really mean in this episode. Mm-hmm. And he is, but the only silver lining of this is we get our first, like, real scene of, like, Allison Hannigan tears. Yes! Oh, my and, God, And, like, yes. she the is the best crier yes. ever. Oh, I mean, yes. it's so heartbreaking, but, it's like... It's so heartbreaking. This uh, really... Yes, you keep reading my mind about all the things that I was going to say about this episode. I mean, Allison Hannigan really is one of the better actors in the whole show, I think. Yes. Um, but, like, she's but yeah. also one of the better criers she that is. exists. She, oh, she like, looks so sad. Oh, my God. Her giant eyes, and she's just, like, crying, crying, mm-hmm. crying, crying, and, and, like... I mean, also, um, as much as I don't love Xander trying to, you know, assault his friend Buffy, but evil Xander is kind of more interesting than every other Xander. Seriously. <laughs> he's, you know, he gets to be evil one more time, and it, that one is just as good. He's, he's, he is, I do think Nicholas Brendan is, like, a pretty good comedic actor, at least, like, his sense of timing and stuff is good, but otherwise, I liked this evil version better than his trying to be mopey. Mm. Yeah, he's better than, like, mm-hmm. bumbling Xander. Um, or at least he's just, like, I mean, I hate to say it because I'm not trying to condone felon right. sexual assault, but, like, he's more the, confident. like, directness of, like, him, like, he's not, like, just, like, because the problem of Xander's crush on Puffy is, like, he just handles it so poorly throughout yeah. the entire show and, like, really ruins a lot of things because of it because he just can't get over the fact that, like, Buffy mm-hmm. doesn't like him. And his, like, passive aggressiveness and his, like, pettiness about it is just so frustrating yeah. to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this is better. I'm it saying, like, <laughs> up until the point where he's, like, I'll just, like, yeah. try to assault you. Like, his directness about, like, Buffy, like, yeah. his interactions with her up to that point were kind yeah. of refreshing. But then it goes, like, way over the yeah. line. Well, I mean, and to her credit, though, it's, like, that's not why she doesn't like Xander. She just is not... She doesn't have feelings for him, so it's not like, oh, now that he's now that right. he's more confident, like she's not at all swayed by that. That's not that was not the thing holding right, her back. Right, I'm not. No, she's not going to be swayed by his confidence, but like his confidence in that scenario or mm-hmm. his directness is a lot more interesting yeah. to watch than like, oh, poor Why me. Doesn't she like me? Like Why me? does she like this sexy guy in yeah. a leather jacket? Like, well, right now, then though the. Animal possession takes it to well. I'll just like mm-hmm. take this by force, kind of. He thing. was really menacing in that scene too. Like he, he, he really was. He, I mean, props yeah. to Nicholas Brendan. Like he they really should have made him a villain. They should have kept. They should have saved I mean, Jesse and turned him into you know, a, a vampire. Well, nemesis. that's interesting because we do see Xander as a villain one other time. Um, yeah. 
yeah, and he really he's is good at it. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, um, that is hmm. interesting. Uh, okay, so uh, let's see. We talked about. I mean, man, this episode is really good. Um, but the fashion <laughs> in this one too is just as good. I want to first call out the before he dies, a tragic death. The pink yes, little Razorback yes. outfit it was really is cute. so adorable. <laughs> He's got his helmet with his little tusks and like his actual like um, dinosaur yeah. fins or something on the back. Yeah, and that it's principal so to me is like, I have to. T- he says something about like, well, I have to take off his outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's so adorable. Um, that said, like, um, Buffy wears this dress with like a necktie thing yeah. that kind of looked weird to me. But a lot of those outfits, like you were talking about in the last episode, that mm-hmm. like satin crop top, like. I will say a lot of these outfits give me, like, middle school flashbacks, like, that whole, like, baby mm-hmm. t-shirt with, mm-hmm. like, a mini skirt, and, like, the mini skirt is made out of some, like, polyester <laughs> print kind of material, like, like, Buffy wears that, like, um, black t-shirt and, like, that, like, pink satin Chinese-looking, like, definitely, like, Asian-inspired mm-hmm. mini skirt kind she of thing. She also wears a mini skirt um, and a beanie in the final shot, and I was like, you, what are you well, doing? Well, that's the outfit okay. I'm talking about, like, yeah. You can't wear a beanie, beanie with a mini skirt really in Southern California. What are you doing? It's hot. I mean, Buffy also wears like coats and scarves, so I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then also there's one scene where um, I think it's the slow mo scene at the end. But the center stage guy, like his pop collar, looked pretty <laughs> that good. Guy is super hot, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll give him that. I was just like, man, I preferred you in when you're, center when you're stage. <laughs> Swoony boyfriend, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Diagnosing your well, girlfriend's yeah. eating disorder. Um, being so sweet about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that episode. I... But I think this is okay. So well, let's talk about where... Sorry, I'm just... Uh-huh. I need to cough. Bless, bless <laughs> you. No. Um, just making a... Mm-hmm. Bless you, bless me. Yeah, okay. Um, we're at the center... The, the, um, mm-hmm. the halfway point now. I almost the said the center stage point. point. Is where they all become ballerinas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we're at the halfway point of right. season mm-hmm. one. So... Um, like we've had a little time to like ease into like what the show's kind of trying. Like obviously there's been some experimental mm-hmm. episodes. And, and there um, will be a few more. And f- yes, there definitely will be. Um, but like, I don't know. Do you feel at this point, like, say, okay, you're six episodes in, like, do you get a sense of like, I mean, it's kind of hard to ask this question knowing like, the next yeah. six seasons. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, how do you feel like while well, the show is at this point? Um, like, I guess I, I think the, I think it's really great. I like it. I think if I had been watching only these, I would have continued to watch it, which maybe is the opposite of what I would have said in college, but, like, I don't know. I think I think that they're compelling. I think that, um, like I said, I think the, the background villain arc is the big bad is, like, he is a great big bad, but I don't feel like the arc of it is very well-paced or, like, that interesting, frankly. I think it gets kind of boring. Like, I don't really care about the master, and they just kind of throw him in there. But otherwise, I think the world is really, like, consistent. I think it's, you know, I get what they're trying to do about, like, who Buffy is and who Willow is and who Xander is and how this all fits together. Um, I think it's very interesting, yeah. I guess, really, I think the next episode, which is Angel, is, like, the one that really is, like, oh, okay, I think that this show knows what it's doing and it has interesting... In interesting ideas that are engaging, but that was kind of non-specific. But what I'm saying is, I like it. Well, I, I, <laughs> I think what it's you're great. Saying. The monsters yeah, are great, and so their metaphors are are uh, pertinent and well executed most of the time, and I like it. Yeah, I mean, you, it's definitely like. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, you can kind of see they're they're definitely still mm-hmm. world building. Um, they're trying to figure out the rules and the backgrounds and everything. Um, you know, some of these early monsters are a bit <laughs> wacky. <laughs> wacky is a nice way to say it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a nice way. It's the euphemistic way to say it. But, um, you know, it, they're trying stuff. They're kind of testing the boundaries of, like, where they want to go. Obviously, like, the vampire mythology hasn't really yeah. been built out that much. We're still kind of getting used to the I mean, vampires. That's a great point. I think the vampires um, are the weakest point of the show, maybe, right now, which is kind of weird. Right, because you're right in that the master plot isn't super riveting um, because he's kind of just ineffective mm-hmm. like he's just stuck underground so like what is really he doing for anything um, the way all the other villains are like well, he's no, just mean exactly like and powerful <laughs> and the best 
Right. And, and you know, the, the big bads aren't always metaphors, right. but when they are, it's kind of the best use of the villains mm-hmm. um, as pretty much anything on the show when it's like grounded in metaphors mm-hmm. really good. Um, but yeah, the master, at least not yet, you know, he's not really, they don't really know like day to day, like he's not a big part of it. Like he's not a huge threat. Like they kind of are, you know, think at this point that they've like mm-hmm. defeated him. Um, you know, so it's kind of hard to say that that has a lot of bearing on the show. So it's just like these monsters every week, um, which I think is just important too to like build up like what's going to be happening, what kind of monsters mm-hmm. they could face. And really it's like anything. I mean, they're, I think literally throwing darts at the wall at this point, like animal yeah. possession, <laughs> oh my God. giant insects. We didn't even talk about the zookeeper though. Yeah. How great is that guy? I really enjoyed uh, his performance, yeah, okay. both in as like the actual actor playing the zookeeper, but also the zookeeper's performance. When he lies to all of them to get the information that he needs, he was really good at that scene, being Absolutely. like, oh, we're totally also, can we and switch a rhythm at the end. And he was like so convincing to Giles, like, oh, where'd you get that text? Oh, blah, blah, blah. I loved him. Right. And like Willow's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, you're Willow just going to pretend to cut my throat. Silly. Oh, you're tying yeah. up my hands? That makes um, sense. <laughs> but can we talk about how he blew himself? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I feel really disrespectful saying that because I'm sure maybe they did some research into like actual like Masai sure warrior did. makeup or whatever he was supposed to be wearing, but like the, he, he came out like in blue face yeah. paint, and <laughs> that's literally the only thing I could think of was Arrested Development. Uh, yeah, like picturing his blue handprints mm-hmm. all over the zoo. Yeah, but I guess even you know both of these episodes really had a like. Uh, the classic like switcheroo pulled on you like in the first episode you think that the anointed one is going to be that badass you know murderer guy and it turns out to be the small child and in this one you think the zookeeper is like is helping them you know I guess you know that just kind of I feel like Jocelyn stops doing that eventually but at at this point he's still kind of trying really hard to flip things on their head the way he did like with the whole Buffy character so I assume that's why they continue to do that. I guess it's also just fun TV to be like, you don't ever know what's going to happen next. Could be the zookeeper. Yeah. Um, okay, so that said, this episode is maybe as, well, I don't know if it's as dark as it gets, but it's certainly it's up as... there, I think. It is. I mean, especially coming mm-hmm. so early, it's so surprising. I mean, like, it's... Not that Principal Flutie was a major no, character, but... but um, although, you know, we should have known it was coming because he actually had, you know a pretty significant presence mm-hmm, in this episode. That's true, yeah. Um, and he hasn't really in the last few, but, um, I mean, what a, what a twist to kill the principal yeah, right off the bat. That is a good point. I mean, definitely um, worse things will happen, like murder and maiming-wise, but I'm not... Well, you... And, and in terms of principal <laughs> deaths go, you have to wonder which way would oh, you rather go, way. but... This one is worse, yeah. For sure. Well, they don't okay. kill him before they eat him. They just eat him. Oh, that's true. Which I guess is maybe what happens I would hope to the other one of them, as well, but it looked a lot quicker. I would hope that they, like, one of them, like, bit uh, his, like, maybe. you know, carotid Ooh, artery or something. Morbid. Um, I know. Oh. No, but I think what, again, what makes this one surprising is not only because at this point in the show, things haven't been that graphic, but also that it's, you know, it's Xander and it's teenagers who aren't actually evil vampires who are the ones doing these things. You know, later, the people who are going to go too far are monsters so yeah not that not to say that it's it makes true. it easier obviously there's still is this major plot point how far people go and how much we forgive them or don't forgive them but um, yeah i mean i have to wonder what that therapist conversation yeah, yeah. is like like i i got possessed mm. by an animal and i ate my principal and now i have to live with that Ugh. for the rest of my life like i mean the only saving grace maybe is like maybe these people don't really have conscience like, mm. or don't really have much remorse and maybe they'll be blissfully maybe. unaffected. Mm. I don't know. But we never even check we in don't. with them after the fact. Like, you never see them again. Like, I wonder if they went to jail. I mean, they That's murdered the principal. Point. So, like, there's no follow-up on oh, yeah. that. So, you have to mm. wonder, like, what happened. Yeah, they probably did. Well, nobody saw them do it. People saw them outside of Principal Flutie's office, but I don't feel like they have enough that they well, can they, pin on them. So is Giles the only one who's assuming that they're at fault because he knows they're possessed? Because, like, do the other teachers... That's a good question. Like, they were seen Mm -hmm. outside the office, but then... So, like, it sounds like he was told, like, Mm -hmm. they hate him. But I don't know. I guess that's a good question. How much of that was Giles told and how much of it was he knew what was going on? Deduced for himself. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, 
Unknown. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, on that note, I'm really excited about next week's episode. <laughs> okay, so next week we finally... Uh, well, okay. I'm excited about one of next I'm week's episodes. I'm excited about both because I think they're opposite well, sides of a spectrum. Okay, one... <laughs> Yes, but also one is good because I think it introduces an important mm-hmm. character, um, which I'm excited Angel, about. You mean? But this episode yeah. is called Angel, so. Uh, no, that episode is called I Robot. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you mean okay? Okay. Oh, yeah. interesting. Well, like, we'll get you into just that. pulled the switcheroo yeah. on me. I literally thought you were talking about Angel. Right. Surprise. Um, You're the It's the only one. redeeming part of that episode, but um, yes, no, so excited for next week. Angel is. Well, it's not one of my favorite no, episodes because one. it's it's an important episode and it's got some big revelations and plot um, things that will obviously mm-hmm. be important for the next six and a half seasons. Um, and then we have <laughs> I Robot You Jane, which you know that might be Is a short it discussion. So bad that it's good. I think that'll be the premise of our discussion. Okay. Sure. Well, we'll have to watch. I mean, I will say I have hope because I. Rewatching this time, I have been enjoying this way more mm-hmm, than I expected. Mm-hmm. And I think what it is, is part of it is, like, I, I'm just, like, not ready to be wowed by the plot, but I forgot how funny this funny. show was yeah. right off the bat. I mean, it's yeah. hilarious. And, um, you know, I think you actually really notice the absence of Cordelia. Yeah, I do miss in, her when she's um, around. In the mm-hmm. pack episode, I think that would have been interesting to have her and Xander yeah, have would a little dynamic there. Or to see how she reacts um, to those bullies anyway, because, like, Cordelia doesn't take shit from anybody. Right. Um, so she's, you know, the only thing missing. But, you know, these first six, they have been really mm-hmm. funny. And, you know, it's I'm excited. for. And I think the, the back half of season one, too. Well, really season one in general. Like, there's so many episodes that I just kind of forget about until mm-hmm. I watch them. And it's like, oh, yeah, this episode. And I think, um, you know, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date was one of those. And then there's probably a couple in the later part of this season as well. Because um, for me, the end of the season always kind of gets taken up by, like, um, like the last mm-hmm, two episodes mm-hmm. and then, um, like, the puppet show. <laughs> There's so many great episodes that, are, that we still have to watch. I, okay, yeah. I take back every bad thing I ever said about season one. This, this season is excellent. Well, we haven't talked about right, iRobot. Except for that one episode. So, and maybe, maybe Teacher's, Teacher's Pet. Pet but yeah. uh, we'll get there, I'm sure, but... Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, hmm. Okay, so um, did you have any other pop culture this week that you yeah, were excited I about? Yeah, I do. Um, and I thought about it ahead of time this time. Um, so I have started, I mean, we'll see how long this lasts because I love a lot of podcasts, but I don't have a lot of time to listen to all of them. But um, I started listening to this show called Snap Judgment again, uh, which is, it's just kind of like, you know, it's uh, their tagline is like storytelling with a beat because it's like cool sound design and just telling really interesting stories, sort of a la This American Life or any other radio story. But um, they're just really well done. The real the reason that I ended up finding it was because a couple years ago, God, I don't know if I found it or somebody showed it to me, but I was really, really, really into listening to ghost stories or like scary stories. And every year the host does like a really great Halloween episode where he just finds like really, really creepy or believable ghost stories. Um, and they're just like some of the scariest things I've ever heard. So I really love the Halloween episodes. But then like more recently I was like, oh, I'll just kind of listen to some of the other ones. I think Alice was playing one the other day and I was like, oh, this is a really great show. So I've been listening to that this week and I, it's just, it's just as good when they're not ghost. Well, it's almost as good when they're not ghost stories, but those are still the best ones. Um, well, I'm glad you said that because I plan to never so listen to They're so scary. They're like, Halloween honestly, episodes. some of them are like some of the scariest stories I've ever heard. Ugh, there's one about like a clown that gets run over by a truck in Mexico. Ugh. Okay, no. well, we're, we're, we're watching a horror show, Allie. But it's not real people's <laughs> stories. No, you don't know that. <laughs> you no, know, I, did I tell you that? So my dad's wife, like she said that she can like mm-hmm, see dead people. Yeah, and I basically just had to tell her to, like, stop telling me that. Like, I was like, I don't want to know this. Like, and I was like, never, ever point one out if you see one in my, in my vicinity. Like, I just ghosts, like, I, 
I don't necessarily believe that I'm going to see a ghost, but I just don't even like thinking that they exist. Like, you told me your godfather's house was haunted when we were living there, and that was like the worst thing you could have ever said. I it could have sworn you said that like someone said it was haunted by his mother. Oh yeah, my dad says that. My dad thinks everything's haunted, so he's not very. Okay, well your dad's fine. Maybe it was your dad, (laughs) but he also was talking about the room that I was sleeping in. That sounds like something we would say. Well, and then my mom slept in the downstairs room, and she said, like, her comforter got, okay, like, pushed down. Okay, you never told me that. Like, you probably did tell me that. It was so creepy. Mm. Like, that's the kind of stuff I cannot mm. deal with. Like, I don't, like, as a concept, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. But, like, I cannot have that in my so real you life. you under so, no circumstances listen to any of the Snap Judgment Halloween episodes. You can listen I, to all the other ones. They're just not scary stories, so they're fine. But they're called spooked. Yeah, I 100%. No, they're. Okay, well. Yeah, I will not be doing that because I think I would never sleep again. <laughs> um, what have you been so, listening to or watching or reading? Um, so I, this is partly an old mm-hmm. thing, but it's new because the second season came mm-hmm. out recently. But on Netflix, there's this show called Love. Oh, and yeah, I never watched it. It's sort of a comedy, kind of a depressing character mm-hmm. study. But um, I recently like rewatched the first season Um and also part of the second season, and it's so funny, and it has, um, I want to say she pronounces mm -hmm. it Gillian, yes, okay, Gillian Jacobs Mm -hmm. from Community, um, playing, like, the worst version of Britta, essentially, (laughs) um, like, if Britta was also, like, a drug addict, and a sex addict, and an alcoholic, and just a general, like, not together Mm -hmm. person, um, and I forget his name, Paul, Paul Rust, Mm -hmm. I want to say his name is actually, um, plays the the guy in this and they it's like just this like very slow time like you know I think the first season takes place over Mm -hmm. a few weeks like um maybe not even like introduction of like these two people meeting and like progressing into like a cautious kind of like Mm -hmm. friendship to like maybe we'll date and to like it falls apart like almost immediately (laughs) and like but like which is not really a spoiler because it's not really about, like, the... I think the ultimate goal is, like, for them to be a couple, but, like, it's more about mm-hmm. how they get there and, like, the characters that come in and out and, like, the things in your life that, like, you have to deal with. And it's, like, really funny. You have really kind of bizarre side mm-hmm. characters. Um, and I just was watching it, like, I forget how funny this was. And also, the music choices at the end of every episode are just <laughs> outstanding. Like... Like, I think there's even, like, a Spotify playlist, like my brother-in-law was telling me about. Like, it's just so great. And so I'm very excited to finish the rest okay. of season two. How many episodes is it? So that's my season? plug. I think it's, okay. like, ten. Like, it's very manageable. It's yeah. a Netflix show. It's, like, a half hour. Okay. It's not, you know, they're not going on for, like, yeah. 50 minutes. Um, it's definitely easy to watch, like, way too many mm-hmm. in one sitting. Um, but that's what I'm thinking about right now. Because otherwise, I think I mostly recently just somehow caught two, like, 90, like, 90s, 2000s, like, Freddie Prince Jr. movies on cable. <laughs> what are the and, other and which, the only question that really raised for me was, like, I really think every single movie that Freddie Prince Jr. did in, like, 1999 to, like, 2004 mm-hmm. or whatever, like, was Matthew Lillard in every was single he? one Wait, of what? I can't think of any other movies besides She's All That. So he was definitely in She's All That. <laughs> and then I was watching the one that, the other one that came on that I caught, like, the very, very end of was Summer oh, Catch. Oh, I never seen that i yes. remember it existing it's jessica Biel, well right? there's a an actor from buffy in that as well um riley oh. is in that movie <gasps> oh yeah yeah and but then i was watching the end and i like matthew lillard was in Funny. at the end and i was like wait was he literally in every single one of these movies because they also made some stupid space movie together and he um, and matthew lillard I'm pretty sure okay yeah and i'm pretty sure he showed up in a few other and, it's, and scooby-doo yeah. obviously oh, right oh my god um, i forgot he was in that right <laughs> Even I, though I, was I, just about I wonder if you cross-reference their imdb like how many hits you get because it's really fascinating um, but also, I forgot that She's All That is actually pretty funny. It is. Funny. I think that one holds up. Not as well as, yeah. you know, it's not a great movie, but it's, like, a good one. Right. I mean, and the plot is problematic sure. at the very least, but, it's I mean, yeah, yeah, none of that is great, but, like, you've got Paul Walker at his, like, mm-hmm. broiest, and, like, Dulé Hill is awesome, and, like... just talking about um, Dulé Hill today. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you know, Freddie Prince Jr., not maybe the best actor, no. but, like... You know, people were definitely, like, into him at the time. Um, You know, Buffy was pretty Mm -hmm. into him. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, 
no but oh. like sorry I just was like also gonna say like I just got it and I was like I mean I don't want this to be my plug because I'm not sitting here <laughs> yeah, like everyone really should watch she's all that <laughs> um but like I watched it when it came out in 99 so I would have been mm-hmm, like 13 mm-hmm. maybe and oh my god all that dialogue just went way over my head like these kids are like having sex oh, yeah. and talking yeah. about it and joking about it and like make and I'm like I as a 13 year old did not get yeah. any of it like yeah also pretty much everyone in that movie is like a lot of people have gone on to do a mm-hmm. lot more but like also that was like the pinnacle of Lil Kim's acting career so who is she in is she she's one of the friends oh you're right I'm pretty sure that's her yeah you're right so all of these are great reasons to watch it, but but my real plug is okay. love. <laughs> okay, um, my real always plug is also my my other favorite podcast, my brother, my brother and me. They a few I was a couple episodes behind. They just goof around with each other, and they went on an extended Mark Lucas like rant <laughs> the other day, and it was just like really. really? Well, Why? they were talking about um, who they would want on their fantasy uh, paintball team. And they started with Sarah Michelle Gellar, but then somebody mentioned Riley. And then they, I, I kind of forget where it all went, but it was just really funny because they were talking about specifically Mark Lucas, not Riley, but Mark Lucas for like 15 minutes. And I was like, how did I miss this? It was great. What was their problem with No, they didn't have a problem with him. They wanted him on their paintball oh, okay. team. They love him. They love I want to know, like, all the things. So he was in some movie that I saw recently, and I was like, hey, there he is. Like, he's still I acting. Didn't know that. Um, I mean, I guess I should but, assume he was still acting, but I've never seen him in anything else. Well, I mean, he never really became, like, a big action mm-hmm. star or, like, a big movie actor or whatever, but did you know that he choreographed the basketball scene in Pleasantville? No. That's a weird yes, credit. that is a fun fact of Mark Lucas. The one where they all shoot I, and they all go in? Yes. Yes, because he's in that scene. He's one oh. of the actors. Um, coincidentally with Paul Walker. Jesus, everybody um, is just in every movie. I know. This is, like... Not even six no. degrees here, but um, every movie has yeah, so, Junior or Paul Walker in it. That's just a fact. <laughs> yeah, um, but they, uh, yeah, I, I read somewhere that like one time that he choreographed that so scene because he used to play basketball like in Europe or something. Okay, I mean, he's obviously like a very tall guy. Yeah, um, but I guess he played basketball semi-professionally oh, wow. or European professionally, that. whatever. Yeah, um, so that's an interesting fact. We can we can well, end, end on, on that, that fun, fun fact. Trivia. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I think we figured out our, our outro mm-hmm. here. So um, next week we said we're going to be checking out um, mm-hmm. Angel and iRobot Eugene. <laughs> so until then. Yeah, I'm Team Spike. And I'm Team Owen. <laughs> Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.